So our guest today is Dave Wolf, and Dave is the owner of three Wellington businesses, um, the Boat Shed in Days Bay, the Bike Shed in Pencaro, uh, and I've, I've missed the other name, but it's only us <laughs> in the Rumitake. That's right, it's Cycle Rumitake, it's the third business. Thanks Dave. Um, and he's just teamed up with Charlotte and they're starting a new campaign called Everybody's Adventure, which... Correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you're aiming to make all the cycles and the paddle boats um, and the kayaks that you guys rent out totally free for part of the summer. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So we're really hoping that by the end of the summer, or even better by Christmas, um, that we can make all of our uh, all of our core products, which is bike hire, kayak hire, and stand up paddleboard hire, uh, free for anyone to use at any time until the end of the summer. So it's quite amazing. So you guys are you're a business. So you do you do yes. make money. Yes. So right. how how are you going to give this the thing that you make your money out of away for free? Yeah. Well, I guess uh, philosophy is that there's there's only so much money that any business really needs to make, um, and we feel that the the products that we sell and the services that we provide um, are really great for for people and for the community. Um, and so, yeah, I guess once we've sort of hit our our financial targets. Uh, we're quite happy just to call it a day and basically, yeah, provide the the rest of our capacity to the wider community for free. That's that's pretty amazing. So, so you, I think you, on your website you sort of say that there's a a three hundred thousand dollar mark that you have to hit. So that's sort of that's going to cover all your your business costs. And so once you once you hit that, everything becomes free. And that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely yeah. Um, and so is are you, are you going to make that public that 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 number or how, how will people know when, you, when you've got there? Yeah, so we, we've basically made that number public already. That's been published on our website and um, it's all across social media and now on radio. Um, <laughs> and we, we're tracking that on our website as well, www.everyonesadventure.co.nz. Um, if you log on to there, you can see our progress as well and how we're going against that $300,000 target. So does that mean that you, people can monitor that how close you are getting to that that, yeah, that, that magic yeah, number? Exactly. It's it's totally transparent. We're essentially just putting all of our cards on the table, um, saying we've got this number that we need to hit in order to be able to open this up to the uh, to the wider community. And um, yeah, it's all totally transparent. Our cards are on the table, and we're cool. just hoping that we can really treat this as a project that we all work together on. Cool. And so is this targeted at um, you know? You're hiring out free free gear. Is this is targeted at a particular group in society, or is it is it open to everybody? The the free equipment. Uh, I guess that's a bit of a complicated question. So the our target market in terms of trying to get people to to hire the gear in the first instance uh, probably hasn't changed year on year. We're just trying to get um, as many people from all walks of life out there actually hiring the gear, supporting us. Uh, whether it's couples coming out for a date day or groups of mates going out for an adventure in the weekend. Um, I guess the the groups, though, that will probably benefit more from the free gear is those groups that couldn't otherwise afford it. Um, and that's really what it's about, is trying to get uh, the people who can afford these awesome adventures to essentially crowdfund uh, the same experiences for people who otherwise can't afford the same, the same sorts of uh, opportunities and experiences. Do you have any? I mean, do you have any way of, um, I guess, avoiding, you know, all all the same people who can afford it just turning up on the free day, <laughs> or is there is there any kind of rash? Because I uh, imagine there's going to be huge demand, right? Yeah, I, 
I don't think it's really about that. Like we, we have a lot of capacity. We have a huge amount of gear. We hire everything out in hourly slots. So I think once it actually becomes free, we will, we will get a lot of the same people coming back and doing it again. And, and that's great. Uh, but we're also hoping that a lot of people will be first timers and that it will open up to a whole, a whole new bunch of people who otherwise wouldn't be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And because the length of the time that the gear is free depends entirely on how much the Wellington community rallies around, we thought it would be really cool if we smashed the target super early. Mm. And imagine if there could be like a couple of months of free gear hire and you could come out on a Wednesday mid-morning and have a paddle around for an hour. So I totally agree with Dave. And I also think that kind of similar projects in Wellington have seen that philosophy of um, – there's kind of that expectation that if people are offered something cool, they'll be greedy and exploit it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of projects have seen that that's not the case. Like, I know the free store in Wellington that distributes food to anyone who identifies as being in need, they've never had a problem with yeah. people coming along and just taking all the food. Like, in fact, it's kind of the opposite. People are really reluctant to take it when they know that other people are relying on that as well. So I think that same community spirit that hopefully will motivate people to, like, buy vouchers for their friends for Christmas or go out with a group of mates to try and like get to that free target earlier will be the same spirit that means that the community will be really like generous with each other in terms of using the gear. Yeah, well, that makes yeah. sense. And we, we actually found that with a, a similar sort of project that we ran uh, last season where we did a, we, we ran Koha kayaks, which was mm-hmm. basically where we hired out all of our kayaks on a Koha basis throughout certain hours of the day. And we actually found that most people who came along and hired the gear uh, paid our regular rates, if not more, um, just because they were so stoked with what we were doing and what we were trying to achieve with the whole thing. Cool. So, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned the f- the, the free store. Is were there any other business or were there any businesses that that inspired you to do this? Like, where did this where did this idea come uh, from to start to stay? I'm going to stop at 300. That's enough. <laughs> um, yeah, we we haven't seen any other similar business models out there, and we haven't modelled this on anything else we've necessarily seen. Um, I think it more just came about through thinking about what the what the business meant to me and what I wanted to get out of it. And uh, what I what I really enjoyed was just seeing people getting out there and doing the things that I loved, um, and especially people who otherwise wouldn't get to do those things. Um, that really gave me a massive buzz. And so I wanted to sort of create a, a situation, I guess, where the business was able to meet its objectives, but we're also able to offer some sort of wider benefit to the whole thing and um, just create that situation more often for more people. So I guess that it raises the question, is that, do you think there is a, a group of society that's not getting to experience the outdoors as maybe as much as, I guess, you might have as a kid? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's... A lot of outdoor experiences does require a certain amount of uh, equipment or money in terms of being able to drive to different places, get help to do things. Um, I guess it's just parents' time as well. Yeah, parents' time or just different social networks. Like you need to know people who are into certain things to, you know, to lend you the gear or to drag you along on the different adventures and stuff like that. Um, and I think there are a lot of people out there who either don't have the resources or don't have the money in their families to be able to afford this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I, I really do feel that there is a, a massive uh, section of the community who are missing out on these sorts of opportunities. And is there, is there a particular reason you think that outdoor education is important for, I guess, for everyone to experience and it's not, that it not just be a luxury? Yeah, 
Um, yeah, well, I think it's a really it's a really positive thing. It's a step aside from the day to day the day to day grind, and um, I think families and communities having awesome adventures together really brings people closer, um, and it allows people to experience all of the the awesome environment and the I guess all the natural resources that the the Wellington or even you know the wider New Zealand environment has to offer. Um, and I think through that you really you bond with people, um, you have more of an appreciation for the environment, um, you get some exercise. There's there's heaps of cool stuff that comes out of it. Um, and yeah, we really just want to open that right up to people. Cool. Did you want to add to that, Chuck? Yeah, I think one thing that's really struck me is that uh, a lot of the stuff is actually priced for most people something that would be really easily affordable. So say a kayak for an hour is 15 bucks, and a two-hour cycle on a hired bike around Pinkaro Heads is 30 bucks. And I think for most families that's like, or for most people around our age, you're like, oh, that's the price of a movie ticket. That's sweet. Like, that's not a big deal at all. Mm. But just realising that for some people... 15 bucks is, is exorbitant and something that they would never be able to afford on a on a fun luxury is a real shame, especially for those of us who got like dragged around by our parents by all these like crazy camping and outdoor adventures when we were growing up. So I think that's just really struck me that um, for me, 15 bucks for a kayak is, is kind of incidental, like I could spend that on coffees in a week. Um, whereas for some people taking their family of four out or whatever, it just, it would be prohibitive. So totally. yeah, I really love the idea of giving people that. Particularly if you've got like three kids as well. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's really expensive really quick. Um, and so you, I mean, you haven't always done this though, have you, Dave? Like you've, no, you haven't no. always been in a, in a sort of social enterprise business. What, what, how did <laughs> no, you, not at all. How did you start out your working life? Uh, yeah, I, I studied at Vic, uh, studied marketing and commercial law, uh, and wound up working in the corporate world um, for about, must have been about five years after that, in different sort of marketing and sales type roles. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a massive jump for me to, to move across into this sort of stuff. Was there was there a moment that you thought, I can't I can't take this? <laughs> uh, yeah, there was there was. Uh, won't go into too much detail, but yeah, working for a just a really big corporate, and I was just quite disenchanted with with the whole thing, and um, decided to. To basically chuck it in and go travelling for a while and um, see if I could come to some sort of epiphany. some sort of epiphany, some sort of insight and life changing moment through that. So I understand you, you booked a one way ticket and and bugged off to Indonesia yeah, and started working yeah, pretty much. over there. And so was there something about that? Was it that experience or was it knowing what you didn't want to come back to? That, that it was just... it was a little bit of both. So I knew that I was dissatisfied with how how I was doing things and. Um, I guess they had a job that I was doing for money and, and for not much else. Um, and then while I was over in Indonesia, I guess, I was able to see a few things through working with a, uh, like a volunteer medical crew. Um, able to see a few things that really just put my life into perspective and how, how lucky I was. Um, and I guess the monetary side of things sort of fell away a little bit. Um, and then when I, yeah, when I came back to New Zealand, um, I really just wanted to... I guess try and find some way of doing something which actually made a, a wider difference for people. And um, yeah, I, I looked around trying to find uh, jobs in a, in a not-for-profit um, organisation doing, doing cool stuff, but it turns out that um, those sorts of jobs are actually really hard to get. There's a lot of super qualified, awesome people going for them. Um, yeah. 
a lot of whom are at the tail end of their careers and really overqualified. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, was, I wasn't really able to find anything within that. And then I just saw this little this little boat shed on the beach on uh, advertised on Trade and sort of started to think that maybe maybe I could do something with that. That if I bought this little business and built it up and then was able to run it in a more socially minded kind of way, I could share the things that I loved with more people and hopefully, yeah, I guess just make a little bit of a difference through doing business better. I mean, this is quite a, it's a huge leap because I think a lot of us go away on holidays or we go to other places and realize like, oh God, what I'm, what I'm doing is a bit ridiculous or I need to change. And then you go back and you're sort of stuck back in the grind. Yeah. Um, but to follow that through and to, to start a business is quite a huge leap. I'm not sure what my question is, but it's like, is that how did how did you yeah, how did you I, overcome that? I, I, of, I think um, I understand what you mean, <laughs> and um, it was a massive leap. But I quite quickly found that um, building up a business took a lot longer than I initially anticipated, and um, so I wound up back in the corporate world, uh, working for big business again for another few years while I guess building these these little businesses up to the point that they could actually stand on their own two feet. So it wasn't quite such a I guess a clear cut kind of jump from one world to the other. There was a, a different yeah. period in there where it was a bit more of a, a grey area. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I guess um, having having made this transition from you know the working for somebody else to mm-hmm. starting your own business and to get to the point where the, I presume the business is reasonably sustainable that you can um, talk talk about these sort of social goals. I mean, what, do you have any advice for um, how you can get to that point? Um, is that yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Um, when I I wouldn't necessarily say that the that the business is at a point at the moment where it is completely sustainable. Um, it's certainly not making anyone a millionaire. Mm-hmm. I, but that's not really how I wanted to do things. I you know you can look around and find all sorts of examples out there of businesses who have who have gone really really well, and then at the tail end of things, once they've become really successful and made their millions, they sort of give a, a token gesture back to the community. Um, I really wanted to sort of incorporate this into things right from, almost right from the get-go, just as soon as we could, to actually incorporate the social element into it and have that really written into the whole business philosophy as we grow, rather than sort of, I guess, waiting until we were really nice and comfortable um, and then deciding to give back mm-hmm. at that point. Um, what I really want to do is just incorporate it into the whole business philosophy from the ground up. And um, yeah, I hope that people will get behind it, and that they'll help us to um, to grow and to get to the point that it is is more sustainable, I guess. Cool. So, I mean, for people who are listening, is there is there anything they can do to support you guys? Um, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, come out and hire some gear, or buy some vouchers online. If you go to www.everyonesadventure.co.nz, we've got a heap of vouchers on here, there, which would be awesome for Christmas presents, um, or just for yourself if you want to come out and. So have that'll a great help. Time. That'll help get you guys towards that three hundred k mark, yeah. right? Absolutely. It's yeah. totally up to Wellington how quickly we get there, and it's like I keep saying to people, it's not exactly a taxing act of community service, like. Buy like book a trip and then come out and paddle in a kayak and eat some gelato and <laughs> drink some nice drinks and it all goes towards the total. So yeah, 
like it's, yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, not exactly a tough I, one, I, I think guess. That's quite important for people to remember is that we're still giving them the great things that they would ordinarily get for their money, but there is just also this extra layer to it that yeah. in doing that, they help other people to get the same stuff. That's quite cool. And it's quite cool to give a, a gift of an experience as well for Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Um, you don't um, have any crap that no one wants you. Secret Santa at work, it's like the perfect thing, like 15 bucks for a kayak. It's a great Secret Santa gift. So what, what, are the, what are the activities that you guys do? You should let them... That you rattle them off. Cool. So we've got stand-up paddleboarding in Days Bay and kayaking as well. We've got single kayaks and double kayaks and um, a bunch of gear out there which is suitable for all ages. So uh, we've got life jackets for toddlers right through to large adults. Um, so anyone can come out there and give it a go. And down at Pincaro, uh, you can hire a bike for two hours up to multiple days and go exploring all the trails out there. Yeah, and cycle Rimataka, I guess you have oh, your, yeah. if someone wants to like give someone they love very much a special present, then they could book a nine-hour cycle tour with Dave and you pretty much get like curated the best bits of Rimataka. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we've got a bunch of supported day trips as well that we do through cycle Rimataka where we'll pick you up from your doorstep, we'll have all the bikes and things with us, uh, take you off and show you the best bits of the Rimataka trail. A nine-hour um, bike ride sounds quite daunting, though. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> the ride itself isn't nine hours. The whole experience, start to finish, is nine hours. Um, it involves a bit of shuttling, and we stop for lunch and stuff like that. So, okay, so yeah. it's cheese and wine included. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> include the cheese, but not the wine. Cool. Um, hey, thanks so much for coming in, guys. Was there anything um, else that you yeah. wanted to, to plug before you left? Um, if anyone has any ways that they could see the organisation or themselves really getting in behind it and they've got an idea that goes beyond um, booking a trip out there, then you can jump on everyonesadventure.co.nz and email Dave that way. Cool. Thanks so much, guys.